it's hard because you have such little time and you look at your 10 year old and you're like in eight years you're gone and how am I going to get all this stuff poured into your head and I ha you have so much to do as a homeschool parent there's so much you need to teach so how am I going to do the pro-life piece too we made it pretty simple Hello and welcome to the Catholic Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Paula Siskanik, and today I am joined by Camille Pauly. I wonder, how do we talk to our little guys about the pro-life movement? What does it mean? And how can we do it in a way that pays attention to their natural stage of development? Well, I am so glad to be joined today by Camille Pauly. And before we dive in, let me say hi, Camille. How are you? Thank you. Hi, Paula. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Great. You know, both of us have worked for years with Father Spitzer. What a blessing it has been. It's um, wonderful. It is. And we were just talking about how I don't know how our worlds haven't collided yet, but here we are finally. I I know. It seems like everybody's just separated by one degree in knowing Father Spitzer in some way or being affected by him or influenced by him. So there you go. It is. And our audience here, hopefully, you know, again, have listened to his talks before, know about the Maja Center, Incredible Catholic. But I want to find out and share with our audience about your work with him. So before we get started, let me do that typical thing of reading your bio, okay? okay. Sure. <laughs> so today we're joined by Camille Pauly, who is the co-founder and president of Healing the Culture, a nonprofit organization that evangelizes and converts people to be deeply, authentically, and permanently pro-life. Founded in 2003 with Father Robert Spitzer, using his unique curriculum to change hearts and minds and build a culture of life. Healing the Culture has grown into an internationally recognized organization with tremendous influence in the cultural battle over abortion and euthanasia. Camille has over 25 years of experience as a professional pro-life advocate and has inspired, trained, and educated millions on effectively defending the sanctity of human life. Well, welcome, welcome, Camille. Thank you again for being here. Let's dive right in. How did you get started with Father Spitzer? <laughs> well, I met Father Spitzer back in 1993 when I knew I wanted to work for the pro-life movement, but I didn't really know how. So I went to work for Washington State's pro-life organization, the state right to life group called Human Life of Washington. He happened to be on the board uh, at the time. And he had this, I was maybe 23 years old. He had this idea that the pro-life movement needed a philosophical arm. He had all this in his head. It hadn't come out yet. And he didn't really know where to go with it. So Human Life told him, well, let's create a project. They hired me. And I sat with him one day for about six hours as he just poured all this content out of his head in how to articulate pro-life to someone who is secularized in a way that is logical, ethical, expresses principles of justice, makes sense and reaches them in the head and as well as the heart. And I had my pen poised the whole time I was supposed to take notes. And I think I took like maybe three notes because my jaw was just on the floor. You know, half the time I was weeping, like I've never heard this before and it's so beautiful. And it was just amazing. And it changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life of how I, I thought I was going to do pro-life um, education. 
And from there, it just grew. We created a project. It got too big. So we created an organization. He wrote a book called Healing the Culture. And then it just blew out from there and expanded. And now we have ministries all over the world and around the country. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. I know. And it's amazing. I, I, You know, when you give your heart to God, he takes you on these paths. You have no idea he does. <laughs> where he's taking you. He does. You know, you do that. And as you said, you've touched so many lives. So let's talk about some of those things. And in particular, so of course, this is for homeschoolers. And you mentioned you homeschooled your children too. We do. I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. And uh, they've not only been through the curriculum that we teach on their level, but they've also participated in helping to produce some of the curriculum. So they're actually in some of the episodes for younger kids, which is a lot of fun. Awesome. So one of the things that got me to Camille and make sure she get here is this brand new video series, because as I alluded to in the beginning, you know, we want to begin uh, teaching our children and imbue them with this beautiful reverence for life. It is in our faith, but it's also uh, always being attacked, you know, and affronted even for our young children. So what inspired you? And do you have something for the little guys? So why don't you we do? We do. We have programs for little kids as young as kindergarten. And then we have things for middle school, high school, and even college and adult level. And I'll share links to that. Most of it is free. Uh, some of the content costs a little bit, but it's not very expensive. Any homeschool mom could probably afford it. Um, and there's, you know, there's a, a consistency to everything we teach. Why, why do we do this? That's the question you asked, you know, what, what kind of inspired this? Well, the biggest problem we saw about 25 years ago when we started this project was that the pro-life movement was doing really well in things like, um, sidewalk counseling, right? Project Rachel after abortion counseling, um, political work, legislative work, uh, legal work, and really good on things like uh, fetal development, abortion consequences, talking about the group, the brutality of abortion itself, alternatives to abortion. But we didn't have a really good philosophical explication that reached people to truly answer their questions and change what they were living for. And you need that in this culture. The biggest problem the pro-life movement faces is not abortion itself. It's the way people are living their lives. It's what people are choosing to live for and how they're defining happiness success, quality of life, love, freedom, right? Rights, human rights, how they define the human person. Those terms have been so narrow and restricted and co-opted by organizations and people with an agenda. And those terms have become so narrow and, uh, and really uh, unhealthy that abortion is seen as a natural consequence or, or a um, you know, necessary sacrament or sometimes even a necessary evil. And so what we do that's different from most pro-life organizations is we first work to change how people are viewing happiness, what they mean by success, so that they, when they come to you with arguments like, well, nobody can be successful if you're going to be born with a disability, or you can't have a high quality of life if you're going to be born poor, or you can't be free if you're not able to choose whether or not to abort your baby. You know, when people have those arguments, we're able to help listeners think, wait a minute, but that's not even what freedom is. Wait a minute. How are you defining quality of life? Well, wait a minute. What do you mean by happiness? That's not even happiness. And so we help people challenge the underlying assumptions that the culture has put out about what these words mean. And it's key to do that when children are young, to start them young so that they get healthy definitions of those terms before the culture starts trying to infect them with unhealthy definitions. So kids can look at that and go, wait a minute, you can't fool me. That's not real happiness. I know what thinking that way leads to 
despair, cynicism, jealousy, contempt, bitterness, fear, suspicion, etc. And so it's just a, it's a really wonderful way to grab the head of the student and the heart of the student at the same time to make them really pro-life before they even know what abortion is. I remember listening to one of the interviews that you did where you, you know, we have the opportunity, not only in our own family, but because our children are interacting in the world, um, but the people you meet. And you had mentioned that you were like in a, you know, just in the grocery store and somebody says, oh, how are you? And you said, I'm happy. Yes, that's my answer. I'm happy. And they look at you like you have three heads or sometimes they laugh or they don't know what you mean. People really seem to like that answer, though. They're thrown off because you don't meet a lot of happy people, <laughs> especially post-COVID. You know, everybody's so afraid of each other. You know, and so I, I found this it's a really good segue because sometimes people will ask, why are you so happy? And then it's a good segue into explaining, well, what is it that makes me happy? Right. You, know, you have a quick interaction in the grocery store, but it could mean it could mean a great deal to somebody who's off, thrown off kilter by what they're watching. Oh, with yes. you, you know, yes. you're a witness. Yes, yes. it's a witness. Yes. yes, I'm happy. How are you? Yeah, so it's, well, it's a good thing. Break down for people. Um, and I know, really tough to take all of that and compact it. But you have done an incredible, because I've watched the videos, this new series called yes. Filio and Sophie. And it's kind of, tell yes. me what inspired that. But you've brought, brought that down to kindergarten, to kindergarten level. Kid. Yes, we. Um, so I was in the library when I first had kids. We have a high school curriculum called Principles and Choices, a college program called Life Advocacy Student Training, and an adult program called Respect Life University. But I'd never really thought of digesting Father Spitzer down to a kindergarten level until I had children of my own. And then we were in the library one day, the public library in Seattle, and I'm going through the books with my kids and I'm pulling books off the shelves. And I'm finding that literally every 10th book is something you would never want your kid to read as a Catholic parent or a Christian parent. I mean, there was stuff on homosexuality, transgenderism, divorce. Um, there was stuff on infidelity. There was stuff on witchcraft, pantheism, um, you know, suicide, it, the darkness of the, the world meaning nothing, you know, nothingness, uh, the cynicism of atheism. So I just thought, God, we got to counter this stuff. This is awful. I can't even bring my kid to public library anymore. And I know a lot of your listeners are very familiar with that. Yes. So we met with the Archdiocese of Seattle. Their schools department was very helpful in kind of pushing us to do this. And we came up with the concept of doing sort of like a semi-street, Sesame Street style program. It's little short units. There are um, six, seven, eight units in all, um, three for kindergarten, three for first grade and two for second grade that can actually be used in any grade. I would say even up to sixth or seventh grade, the older kids absolutely love it. Um, we use puppets. Philo is a uh, British speaking penguin and Sophie is his goofy mermaid friend. And they have a, a sidekick named Frank, who's a red furry monster. Cause you have to have a red furry monster in anything you do for kids. <laughs> and they, through interaction with animation you know, state-of-the-art, really good animation, songs that are super fun to sing. We've got one called The Contradiction Fiction that shows something cannot be and not be at the same time. Um, And then uh, interaction with adult and and children live actors. We're able to teach these concepts to kids that make them pro-life, again, before they even know what abortion is. And your, your listeners can get it all for free 
The videos are all free. You can show like a 12 minute video and then there's parent pieces online that you can download for free where you have a little discussion, you show the video, you sing the songs, and then there's always an activity that you can print out um, or sometimes there's a game or a coloring or something like that. Um, and so you do the activity and uh, and then the next day you do the next one and you can do them in little three-day units and then take a break for a while, maybe even for a whole year and do another three-day unit the next year when they're in first yeah. grade. Or you can do them all back to back. We well, tested revisiting them, you know, repetition yes. builds yes. up reinforcement. So that's right. I loved, I watched the video, even just on the one where they're going to like a country fair. And yes. it was remarkable to me. I really, I mean, I, again, we'll put the links and you have Good. to watch these clips. Good. Because just the ability to talk about how people, you know, what makes them happy, you know, it, it was just, it was so well done. Yeah. I'll give your, I'll give your viewers a, a, an example of how we do this for little kids. So in the second grade piece, it's called contradictions and we teach them what is truth, what is false. Um, and then what are contradictions and what does that mean? What does that word mean? And little kindergartners understood the concept of a contradiction. It takes a while. You have to work with them for three days, but they get it. And so, for example, we have this scene where Sophie the Mermaid is talking with her little friends, Hannah and Jessica, who are children act actors, and she wants to be as tall as the puppet Frank, but she's not. He's 27 inches and she's only 19 inches. And so she says, I'll just say that I'm 27 inches. And as you can't say that, that's false. And she says, well, then how about if I'm 19 inches for you, but for me, I'm 27 inches. Uh -huh. And they say, oh, that's a contradiction. You can't be both at the same time. So kids kind of learn that concept in that way. And then in the last episode on the third day of learning, we have a scene that ties it into pro-life. So the monster Frank is walking into the scene and there's a woman sitting there and she's pregnant. And he says, oh, Katya, what did you eat for lunch? Your stomach is huge. And she says, she says, that's not lunch. That's a baby. And he says that I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's not a baby. You know, that's you just eating too much. You need to exercise more. And she says, well, it really is a baby just because you can't see it. That doesn't mean it's not real. And he says, well, then we'll just say it's a baby for you. But for me, it's lunch. Yeah. And that's when Sophie runs in and she says, oh, you can't do that. That's a contradiction. It can't be a baby and not a baby at the same time. So they're already learning the answers to pro-choice arguments again before they, and then we do it in innocent ways. Um, and they learn that on arguments against dis people with disabilities. They learn that against arguments of people leaving their work in order to become full-time mothers. They learn that in arguments that the pro-choice movement has against taking care of the elderly. Um, so it's just, a, a and the, the dignity of somebody at the end of life simple, beautiful, animated or puppetry ways of getting these concepts out in ways that parents can implement very quickly and easily. And I guarantee you that if you've got high school kids in your classroom and they're watching, they are going to be hooked as well. They will love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, even just as a parent, as I said, seeing it on a different level, but understanding how, how our beautiful children, so innocent, are but they can see right through and they can do. see and, and really grasp these truths, even at such an it's a it's a perfect age to give to give them this kind of formation. But it's also wonderful for mom and dad when you're sitting there and you're trying to get the dishes done and your child wants to watch something on the iPad and you're like, I don't know what else to show you. you know, I've, there's only so many times you can show Coco Melon and whatever you know, Pokeo and ah, what is that? Well, this is something new and something beautiful and something true and something good that you can use that actually is teaching what you believe 
in your home and it's fun. And you can show the episodes over and over and over again and give yourself a nice 12 minute break to do the dishes. Well, I know that it's one of the things. And again, I've, I've worked in the pro-life group, even just in our little local parish. And there was always that frustration of just how do I even talk about it? So yeah. would you say some of the, the is there some helps, some prompts? Because I'm sure this is going to prompt some dialoguing as well. It will. And for, for parents and, and grownups, I would really recommend looking at our Respect Life University platform. You can get there through Healing the Culture. Uh, if you just go to healingtheculture.com and click on Respect Life University, it's, it's kind of like Prager University is what we've done. It's a series yeah. of five-minute video courses where you can find out how do I dialogue on a conversation about rape and incest or life of the mother or you know what about uh, poverty or what about is the, is the unborn really a human person or what about the statistics that say that more women are going to die if abortion is illegal, which is all a lie, all a myth, but how do you dialogue on that? These are really short videos to, that are animated, graphic animation, really easy, kind of colorful and fun um, that help you talk about and dialogue or even just send a video to somebody that's five minutes to say, why don't you take a look at this and then let's talk about it. And then on the high school level, we have a curriculum called Principles and Choices, and it's really designed for two reasons. First, it affects children, students who are already pro-life, but they're ashamed, embarrassed. They don't know how to talk about it. It's not cool. The whole, you know, the whole culture is, is against them. So they're afraid of looking stupid. And so what this curriculum does is it shows the logic, the reason, the intelligence, the sophistication, and all the evidence behind the pro-life movement. And it teaches it to high school students on their level. And it shows them how to articulate this in ways that are compassionate, um, while also showing that you've got all the logic on your side. You've got all the evidence on your side and you've got all the truth on your side about what's going to make women happy and successful and have a high quality of life. Now, I know that it's in like thousands of high schools. Uh, what about homeschool? How can a homeschooler um, take advantage of that? Yeah, so it comes as workbooks. There are three student workbooks. We usually recommend a homeschool parent put uh, the first book in the ninth grade. It uses the four Father Spitzer's four levels of happiness and teaches that in three chapters. And then in the fourth chapter applies that to a pro-life argument against abortion and euthanasia. We also get into the issues of euthanasia and assisted suicide. It can be implemented as a two-week little unit in the middle of your year for the ninth grade. You can put it as a, as if you're doing philosophy as part of a philosophy class. It will also work if you're doing um, uh, like an English uh, and sometimes parents put it in an English class or in a theology class. It works really well in your religion or theology class. If you don't have two weeks, you can do it in one week. Um, you just have to speed it up a bit. There's a teacher book that goes with it, but parents don't really need that. That's more for a classroom setting where you've got 20, 25 kids. And there are other tools you can use as well. There's a play, a four-act play. It's an audio drama. And so you can play four half-hour units of that play. Um, it's like a little mini series, and you can do that over the course of a week. And it takes all the learning concepts and the philosophical concepts of the book and puts it into a shorter format if you don't have time for the book or as a reinforcement for the book. And or even just, I know here as we're recording it, you know, um, we had a house bill in Delaware that's going, trying to a euthanasia bill. And it's the perfect time to start pulling these things, these yes. resources out to be able to, um, you know, mobilize our youth. Because I, you know, I think one of those things is people think that, you know, as you said, you don't want to be cool. They don't want, I really believe teenagers want to do something noble. Yeah, they do. Don't, give them the credit. for Yeah, they do. I, I think the emotional aspect of the play that we wrote, um, it's, it's an audio drama. 
So it's four audio CDs that you play, and there's a handout online you download for free that that the student follows along with. But it's, it, it incorporates the, the emotions, very real emotions, with the logical answers and the sophisticated arguments, with relationships as well. And so the students, as they go through this journey with these, these characters, you know, they're hearing all the arguments they're hearing from their peers. They're learning how to address these, and then they're actually seeing live situations, right? An abortion that occurs, a miscarriage that happens, somebody who gets a terminal illness, and they kind of see how these characters confront it. And I'll tell you, Paula, by the end of going through the play, most students in high schools in our beta test are either in tears or just astounded. They've never heard this before, and it's very gripping and moving for them to see it in a dramatic way. It's called Robert and Emma. Wow. Um, and it's, I love uh, that you did it audio because I think, all yeah. too, you know, yes, that faculty is something uh, that's important. I think the message gets clearer very often. You know, we just rely on that passive learning when we're seeing things as a movie. So that's really kind of cool that you have it as an audio. Yeah. And we also have a flashcard game. It's called Life in a Flash. <laughs> <laughs> and it's geared towards the high school level, but it, we use it at home as a table, a dinner table discussion piece after dinner. You, there's 10 cards. You pull one card out. We teach 10 different principles of logic, ethics, and justice. And each card has one of those principles. You learn it on the front of the card. And the back of the card has an ethical dilemma that you have to resolve without right. violating the principle on the front of your card. And it's a, you know, it's an, an issue that involves either stem cell research or abortion or a euthanasia or t- terminal illness, something like that. You have to, and you just, discuss it as a family. So West that's West. a neat tool to do too, if you want something that is more engaging and interactive for your, for your family. Oh, that's so important because I think, again, those conversations, sometimes we don't even know how to start. And I always encourage parents that it's like, don't wait for them to ask or yes. the situation to come up have those conversations before you launch. One of the ways you can start with your, with your younger kids, I would say from seventh grade up is, you know, our family is pro-life. Why do you think we're pro-life? When you hear us talking about us, why do you think our family is pro-life? What do you hear mom and dad talking about? Let them talk for a while and see what they say. And then I would ask them, well, what do you think? What do you think about the reasons why we're pro-life? What, what, what's on your mind and what do you think about that? And let them ask questions and listen to their questions before you start to answer them. A lot of times we start with the teaching. Here's what we're doing. With my kids, I asked them. I waited until my kids both know what abortion is now. They're nine and 12. We didn't tell them, but in our family, it's kind of hard to escape it. Exactly. We waited until they came to us and each one came in her own turn and said, mom, I think I know what it is that you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, really? Well, you, you know, you try to save, save yeah. babies from getting killed by their moms. Oh, wow. You found that out. Okay. Well, what does that mean to you? What do you think about that? I didn't say, oh my gosh, now I have to justify this and make sure she understands all of it and why, you know, that doesn't do any good. I, what do you think about that? And there was a long pause for both of them. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to think. Right. So you do a little bit of guidance, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mommy does what I do because I see women really hurting. And some of them have real serious problems with their baby when the baby's unborn and they get scared. And they think that that hurting the baby is the right thing to do. But what do you think about that? See, instead of saying, but it's not, and here's why, right. what do you think right. about that? And then see if they have a question. Well, may, one of them said, well, maybe it's okay if, you know, if it makes them feel better. Oh, well, let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about what we should do to, when it makes us feel better. And what we shouldn't do. Right. So, so you first got to figure out where's my kid coming where's from. My what kid? are they? Yeah. What are they thinking about when this issue first 
dawns on them that it's even possible that somebody could do something like this. Also, you know, we may be also thinking that on our level, we're giving them so much information. Their question is very simple. I do very remember simple. somebody saying it's yes. like, they just want to know good, bad, you know, right. like, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. They don't need that yet. <laughs> they don't even know to ask the question yet. And you may be raising questions that I, I made that mistake with my older daughter, you know, where she, I was trying to explain to her some of the nuances of why we're pro-life. And she was like, yeah. Oh, you know, too much information. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, let's back up here. And it's, it's a little better going with the younger one. You want to preserve their innocence. But I love that you have resources that will help us to be sensitive to those things, as well as not being afraid to ever really talk about them before yeah. our children leave our little nest here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's hard because you have such little time and you look at your 10-year-old and you're like, in eight years, you're gone. And how am I going to get all this stuff poured into your head? And I ha you have so much to do as a homeschool parent. There's so much you need to teach. So how am I going to do the pro-life piece too? We made it pretty simple. You can do this with ninth grader in five days, a 10th grader in five days, a second grader in three days. It doesn't take a lot for you to build those foundations um, educationally. And then of course, what you do as a family, um, you know, we'll, we'll add to that when you go to the March or you go to some pro-life event or you, you know, raise money for the baby bottle during, you know, Lent or whatever, those things all add to it. But as far as the logic and the intellect, getting them up here, you can do that in a short amount of time because everything we teach at Healing the Culture just adds to what you're already teaching. It's kind of, it's a, it's jumping off from what you're already teaching anyway about truth and goodness and love and theology in your religion classes and morality. It's nothing you know, strange or alien from what you're already teaching. It's just encapsulating it with these little principles like do no harm. The ends don't justify the means, the intrinsic dignity of the human person. You know, the right to life is above the right to liberty because without life, you can't have liberty. There's a hierarchy. It's introducing them in more formal ways, things that you're already teaching anyway. <laughs> it's so great. I'm so happy you said that. Yes. See, there is an urgency. There really is. And, and I know I'm talking from my lofty position that I now have graduated. Oh my, in fact, my baby is graduating from college. Oh, congratulations. I <laughs> but I have grandchildren now. And so all the more reason I'm seeking these resources for the little ones as well for that next ge generation. But thinking about the legacy you're leaving your family by building a culture of life right there from the get-go. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. So if people want to get Philo and Sophie, or if they want to get principles and choices for either a high school kid or Respect Life University for an older or even for themselves, it's all at healingtheculture.com. It's okay. all online. Most of it is free. And we will and put that again. The links will free. be there. We will certainly anything. Okay. For those middle school years, you know, those are the tough ones that is that something that you're planning to work on? <laughs> we are. We are for seventh and eighth graders. We use principles and choices on the homeschool level. Seventh and eighth graders are just fine with principles and choices. Right. Um, over the next five years, we'll be, we'll be building out third, fourth and fifth grade. Uh, so we'll have a special curriculum for them. And then we'll do a special sixth, seventh and eighth grade curriculum. But for now, if you've got a seventh and eighth grader, or even if you've got a sixth grader, and they're already quite advanced in what they know and understand about life issues, you can use principles and choices. But I would review it first. You know, it does it does talk about the hard cases and the hard issues. And um, so you, you want to make sure your child's prepared for that in the seventh and eighth grade before you dive into it. And that's the whole point is we don't really want to rob them of their innocence. No. Yet we do want them to be prepared to speak the truth. And I think healing the culture, the work you've done, Camille, 
respects that and is giving this and touching upon those levels like nothing I've seen, especially for the little guys. I know. And we just built, we moved our head national headquarters to Rapid City, South Dakota. We've been in Seattle for 30 years and we're building a brand new state-of-the-art film studio so that we could do production, more production, all on our own. It's going to be first of its kind in the pro-life movement. And we're always looking for video production and editing talent. So if any moms have college grads that are looking for a job in a film studio, send them our way uh, because that's what we do. Yep. Well, it has been such a delight. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you for doing this and coming to talk to us. And I hope that everybody who's listening today will also take this podcast, make their family members listen to it, go to the links, Healing the Culture. Please do watch the videos yourself. You know, look at all the resources that are available to you. And I thank you. Please know that you can always find me in the Catholic homeschoolcommunity.com. This is where we support one another on our homeschool journey. This is where we can show each other that mentorship, but we can also show that we're all on that same journey of wanting to launch our children into the world well-prepared, but with the foundation of faith. May God bless you all abundantly. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider liking it and subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thank you, and have a blessed day.